What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, it's time yet again for another Odds and Ends episode. This time we're covering the year 2002. We're on part three of five here. Hope you're enjoying the other shows that I've done so far and all the other countdowns and retrospectives we've done just in this last calendar month. It's been a chore, but I've enjoyed bringing it to you. And finally, I have a way to make this a lot easier on myself next year, and I'm going to implement that. So for right now, you're getting marathons, but a much better structure coming up, and that will be my lone New Year's resolution for 2023. But we kicked off this particular show with a song that I'm sure you're very familiar with, but maybe you're not familiar with that version, of course. That was a nice 90-second version of the Outfield classic, Your Love. I say classic because that song now, like, that was a big hit in the day when I knew it in 1985. But I feel like that song has only grown leaps and bounds in popularity even since then. A couple of, I call it the Africa effect or the Don't Stop Believing effect, where If you get that song on something with a lot of attention, then it gets brought back to the public and it gets even bigger. So Don't Stop Believing did that because of The Sopranos. Africa did that for a few different reasons, starting with Grand Theft Auto Vice City, then moving over to, of course, the Weezer cover. But that song really never went away. But my point is, Your Love, I think, is definitely bigger than ever because I hear it every five minutes now on the oldie station if I'm popping down to get some milk at Brahms or whatever, going to the grocery store a couple of blocks away. I'll just hit the regular radio just so I don't have to get all the satellite dialed up and everything. But yeah, Your Love seems to be on all the time. And it's a perfect freaking pop song. Nothing wrong with it. But I just, I'm I'm a little taken aback just by how much more popular it is now. That's all. But yes, Less Than Jake. That was Less Than Jake doing Your Love. That was off of a compilation of rarities and odds and ends collection, if you will, called Goodbye Blue and White. Of course, you'll find some singles, some B-sides, lots of covers like that. And if you want to hear them do We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister, or if you want to hear them do Mississippi Mud, which is a song that I know to be a Muppet song, but I'm sure it is older than that. But yeah, fun, goofy band and everything. But I got to say, 
I saw those guys back in the day, like in the mid-90s, like at the Galaxy Club in Dallas, and they were supporting their Losing Streak record, which is probably their most popular album. So I saw them there. They were really good. Saw them a few months ago with Nola at Kane's Ballroom, opening up for Bowling for Soup and Sum 41. And man, I got to say, they tore it up. They were so much better live now than they were then. And, you know, of course, they're a lot older and they pretty much have all the same members. But man, they were great. I was so impressed. I'm like, I got to listen to them some more, apparently. And they've just really fine-tuned the, their performance and their playing and everything. So... A band you should definitely check out, especially if you can lean a little bit in that direction. I know it's not for everybody, but it's freaking fun if you ask me. So there you have it. A little less than Jake to kick off the show. And I actually did reference Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I definitely slyly worked that one in earlier here in this segment, talking about Africa and how it brought it back to the people. And I'm pretty convinced of that. So speaking of that, Grand Theft Auto Vice City was the thing in 2002. If you ask me... That was the only thing going on besides the rent, was freaking Vice City. I lived there. I accomplished pretty much everything in it. I still play it from time to time, still. I still love it. If you're not a video game person, and you've never played the Grand Theft Auto stuff, good for you. You have a life, because that thing is a time suck. But in a weird way, I kind of don't regret it. So it, they're just the best games ever. They really are, and the fact that they opened up this world and it made it a lot about the music only furthered my fandom of it and decently accurate radio stations for the time and stuff like that and using songs like your love and out of touch by hall and oh it's a real nice timestamp of the mid 80s but there was one original creation out of that whole thing they had to create a fictional rock band because of some of the storyline you have to go through so I guess they didn't want to use a real band of the time, so they created their own band called Love Fist. Yeah, I know. It's intentional, that joke, for sure, because it's lowbrow humor. So there actually is an official release by what it's called Rockstar's Love Fist, and they wrote a handful of original tunes to represent this band in the video game. They only put one actual song on the CD soundtrack in our box set, which is the thing that I bought, and still have. And apparently they put out like a digital EP of all the original songs finally. So you can find it out there. So this is basically just meant to be a parody of a melodic hard rock slash heavy metal band of the 80s. And it definitely accomplishes that, I'm sure. And obviously it's not any real lyrics that you would hear on the radio at the time. But I still have a sense of humor about it. And I don't take it too seriously because, of course, why would you take it seriously? But I definitely want to include it here because Vice City was such a big part of my year of 2002. So check it out. This is Rockstar's Love Fist with their big massive hit, Dangerous Bastard.
Yes, another surprise twofer that you had right there, basically just due to time constraints. But yes, we kicked off this twofer with Love Fist from Grand Theft Auto Vice City, specifically off of the V-Rock soundtrack. Each CD of the box set, of course, represents the different radio stations that you listen to throughout town. The only thing missing from that song was Laszlo talking it up instead of me, but that was Dangerous Bastard. Hope you had fun with that one, and we finished things off. With a cover I never knew existed, I've heard it done by other people before, but I had no idea that one of my newer favorite old bands, Manic Street Preachers, had covered what is known as the theme for M.A.S.H., the TV show, and or the movie, I suppose. Yes, because it's in both things. But yeah, the song is called Suicide is Painless, and it does have lyrics to it, and those are the actual real lyrics to that song. It's called Suicide is Painless. Yeah, it's a very down song. But if you think about it, the music itself is pretty down, but I guess if you're a big fan of M.A.S.H., it gives you good vibes. But hey, that's what lyrics can do to a song. They can make or break it for people. Sort of like if you ever hear the actual second verse of the Cheers theme song. That thing is weird. I think it was just written as a joke and as filler, but yeah, go seek that out as well. But yes, Manic Street Preachers right there with Suicide is Painless. I think them just covering that is giving credence to the conspiracy theory the guy that disappeared may have actually killed himself. We still don't know these things, but I'm fascinated by it. Let's do another twofer right now. This twofer makes no sense, but I'm going to do it anyway, just so I can knock these shows out. But I also, of course, want to get these great songs out to you right here. And yes, we're going A to Z here on the odds and ends, if you couldn't tell. That's what leads to these weird back-to-back songs being played and different types of artists all abound. A band that put out its first ever release, albeit in an EP format, was the Mars Volta in 2002. Their launch EP was called Tremulant, and it gave way to their big first full length that came out the year after this, and hopefully we'll talk about that on the 2003 countdown sometime next year. But yes, they put out this EP to kind of test the waters, and it was definitely acclaimed enough, and it was off to the races after that. The other cool thing is that they finally came back this year and put out a new comeback album. It was their first in a decade so looking forward to reviewing that for the end of the year countdown hopefully it'll make it on there as well we'll see but until then check out the first ever song from their first ever ep it takes a it takes a little bit to kick in but we're going to try to get through this filler here 
and get to the actual track. So bear with me and bear with the Mars Volta. The song is called Cut This City.
Okay, a very yin-yang twofer right there. We started off with Mars Volta with Cut That City from their EP Tremulant. We finished things off with one of my all-time favorite, favorite Beatles songs by way of Paul McCartney's Back in the U.S. Live double CD from 2002. That was the kickoff track from the entire live album called Hello Goodbye. Of course, you should know that song already. That was taken from the date in Detroit, Michigan, according to the notes that I see on here. It's a fun double-disc live album. Nothing ground, nothing groundbreaking, but it sounds great. sounds consistent. They put together a good live album right here, and I didn't even have a clue that there was a sequel to this live album called Back in the World, which came out the year after this, so I look forward to checking it out, and hopefully you'll be hearing something by it next year. Now we're going to stick with the live music right here via Megadeth. Yes, every time I say that, I want the logo to fly at the screen, just like when they made their debut on Letterman, but it doesn't happen here, but I'm going to try to make it happen in my mind. But yes, Megadeth, for a band that had seemingly broken up, actually, by 2002 right here. I remember Dave making that announcement just after the world needs a hero tour which i did see so i was like well if they hung it up uh, at least i got to see him makes me a little sad but hey there you have it so i guess they had signed over to sanctuary or whatever you want to call it at the time it's got a bunch of different subsidiaries of that company but they were on sanctuary and that's where they put out world needs a hero they put out this live album called root awakening there's also a dvd to go with it which it's it's so weird that dvd it's very obvious that they recorded it at the actual show and they definitely were rolling tape on i guess a whole run through of the exact same show like a dress rehearsal basically because you can tell when they're going to that because it's just a shot of the stage and you can't see anybody else around it's very tight and getting the good angles and everything so they really worked hard on this live album here rude awakening so I'm not calling it bullshit. I just think it's funny that you you tape the dress rehearsal as well. I know a lot of bands would just tape the audio of their dress rehearsal and make some of that the live album too. It happens a lot in the biz, but so I'm not picking on them. But yeah, as far as a fan, the set list on Root Awakening is of high quality for sure. So if you're a fan, I'd say you got to give it a shot. And there's a real oddball here. Later on in 2002, they put out a compilation. I was going to say they put out a compilation, but I'm pretty sure it was just Sanctuary because it was like, you guys owe us some more records. So they put out a compilation from a different live show. So they basically implemented songs from a different live show with some unique performances and a couple of acoustic-based performances, which they were doing at the time. Ever since Cryptic Writings came out, they would do these appearances every now and then on acoustic or just mostly acoustic-based so they mixed those songs in there, some of the rarities, and then I think a few of the Rude Awakening songs, and then, of course, some songs from World Needs a Hero. So they made this little collection called Still Alive and Well, with a question mark, because they assumed that the band was over as well. But just to cover their tracks, they put out all these extra contractual <laughs> obligations, basically. And I didn't expect to represent Still Alive and Well on this odds and ends thing, but I found a really cool, unique performance that... I had never heard before. So I was like, man, this is pretty cool. So I'm going to throw it on here in case you haven't heard it. A nice little twofer here from both albums. little Megadeth double shot. So we're actually going to kick things off for pacing reasons with the song from Still Alive and Well. So this is like a little mishmash of two songs right here. And a song from an album that I do not care about would be Risk. But it's used to very good effect on this little mini medley right here. So... To kick off this twofer, and I'll play a fun surprise classic at the end for the second song, but check this out. It's a really neat laid-back version of Time, and then they go in to Use the Man after that, which is just considered to be one song here. So enjoy. Let me know what you think.
little Mega Dave live twofer right there. Kick things off with Time slash Use the Man. And then we finished up with the classic Devil's Island, originally from Peace Cells, but who's buying? And that was from Root Awakening. The first song there was from Still Alive and Well, in case you were wondering. But yes, let's do another live twofer. This one's going to be a little more hip, alternative, hard rock bass kind of stuff. But if you like heavy music, I don't think you're going to have a problem with these at all. So we're going to start off this particular live twofer with a band. I don't know if you realize that they've been around this long, but they had put out their first record back in 2001. I did talk about that, but yeah, just the fact that this band has been going for over two decades is kind of weird because a lot of people basically consider them a new band, and I might as well, actually. But Muse had already, just after their first full length, put out a double compilation of sorts. It's called the Hullabaloo Soundtrack. And it's half B-sides and half full live show. A show that they recorded out in Paris on the Origin of Symmetry tour. But yeah, I mean, they are a very good live band. They always sound really good live. So I wanted to throw something in there to represent this particular release. So we're going to kick off this twofer with their song called Dark Shines.
Talk about a tour that I regret not going to see. That would definitely have been the Fragile Tour by Nine Inch Nails back in 2000 or so. Yes, that was from a live album commemorating that particular tour. It was called Live and All That Could Have Been. It's a great DVD that goes with that as well, or a big combo pack of both things. Definitely recommended. They are a great live band. So yeah, go check that out. As you could tell by that damn-ass heavy version of Wish that you just heard. Wish is already a heavy song, but it's even heavier in that live version. That's why I like it so much. And that's why I didn't play Wish on the odds and ends of 1992 that I did recently, because I wanted to save it for the live version right there. So hope you enjoyed that. Hope you had it turned up really loud. And keep it turned up really loud for the Oz man right here. Ozzy Osbourne. He put out yet another live album in 2002. Weirdly enough, only a single disc release called Live at Budokan. There's an original title. And there was a DVD to go with it as well. I'd probably recommend the DVD just because the crowd is insane on this one. Even though it's the Budokan, they're not very reserved. And I know like for the longest time there was like decibel regulations. And they were always trying to keep the crowd real docile. And it really threw off a lot of bands that played there apparently as you'll hear in countless interviews, but Ozzy's having none of this. And if there are rules and regulations like that at this point when he plays Budokan, he is making sure they get thrown out the window because he's always just being Ozzy, like, let's go fucking crazy and all this stuff. Yeah, crazy enough. And so I wanted to find a song that kind of fit that vibe. And also I would have to love the song as well in order to play it here on Rock Strikes 10. And I think I accomplished both of those things with this particular performance right here. So, closing off the show, we've got Ozzy with Mr. Crowley.
So I forgot to talk up the lineup that Megadeth was using on that World Needs a Hero tour when I played Devil's Island a little bit ago for you. I like to call that the Alice Cooper lineup, which is, of course, Dave, Dave Jr., and Al Petrelli, and Jimmy DeGrasso. So I call that the Alice Cooper lineup, which is the World Needs a Hero band. But for this one right here, think about this right now. That was Mr. Crowley by Ozzy from Live at Budokan. And if you think about that band on that tour, I mean, that's a hot band. Of course, besides, you know, those initial bands that Ozzy had, like the Blizzard of Oz lineup and the version that toured under those albums, they're both different lineups, but they're both really great. I think ever since then, this is probably the best lineup musically he ever had after that. Not my favorite era of Ozzy as far as studio albums go, but think about, you can't really argue with this lineup. You got Zach Wilde, you got Robert Trujillo on bass, you got Mike Borden on the drums. So if you think about that, all those guys are currently and were from some of the best bands of all time. Mike Borden, of course, the drummer for Faith No More. Robert, of course, plays in Metallica currently, and Zach Wilde is now sitting not only as the Black Label Society guy, but more notably this year, now he is the new guitar player for quote-unquote Pantera. It's crazy to think that, but that's where that lineup is right now. So there you have it. It's not a bad live album at all. I kind of ignored it when it was out, but it sounds really good to my ears right now. So time was kind to Ozzy Live at Budokan. So check it out if you never have or if you haven't in a while. I enjoyed him just stopping the song down for people to go nuts. That's what he does when you go see him. He's always done that. So it doesn't seem like it's a very doctored live album either. It's nice to hear him not harmonizing with himself anymore on a live album. But hey, let's go ahead and get out of here while I'm behind. Stay tuned for the next couple of odds and ends we got coming up to represent 2002 on our way to the best albums of 02. But until then, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs and followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard, and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.
Postgame show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.